welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devat Torah called Parshas Vayigash, Yosef's plan. Shalom to everyone. This week's Parsha, Parshas Vayigash, I found a very interesting way of looking at the order of events of what happened and we can learn a lesson from it. We all know the scene. The scene is that the brothers are now faced with the second in command of the king of Egypt, which is really Yosef in disguise. And Yosef is telling them, I found that one of you stole my silver cup, which is Binyamin, and I'm going to hold him captive. He's going to be our slave. He's going to go over here to be our slave because he stole. And even though the brothers told him, okay, take us all for slaves. Yosef tells them back, it's true. The Mikadin, the halacha is that I should take all of you as slaves. But I'm willing to do the Fnimi Adin, be an extra nice guy, and only take the person I found that stole from me, which is Binyamin. And that was the situation. And then comes, the brothers come and fight back, especially Yudan. And that's the name of the parsha. Vayigash Yudan. Yuda confronted him. And he gave it all he had, that he was willing to say, take me as a slave instead of him. And then the Pasuk says that Yosef couldn't hold himself back. And he asked all the Egyptians to go out. And then he started confessing. And he started crying, etc. Two questions I want to raise. Question number one. In a, at first glance, based also on what the Ramban says, it seems like the whole play of events over here that Yosef did was to ensure that he dreams, his dreams indeed come true and that the brothers will bow down to him. And that actually really already occurred in the previous Parsha. Not in our Parsha. It already happened in Parsha's Mikits. So why didn't he already reveal to, to them that his Yosef why did he wait till this Parsha, in this scene? And you can't answer me that because he waited for the dream to happen in its fullest because even his father, Yaakov, was part of the dream and he didn't doubt him now either. So what's going on over here? Why did he wait till this point? Question number two, the Pasuk tells us that Yosef couldn't hold himself back and he had to cry and reveal himself to the brothers. But the question begs itself, there were already two previous times that also it says that it was very hard for him, but he did hold himself back. He went, either turned his face back, or he went to a different room, cried. Then it even says in the Pasuk, he washed his face and came back out. So he was able to hold himself. Why over here, he let himself not hold himself back and, and reveal himself to the brothers and cry? The two previous times, the first time was when he accused them of being Miraglim, being spies, and hence he took Shimon captive, and he, then he heard the brothers saying to each other, oh, you know why Hashem is doing this to us? Because we had no mercy to our son Yosef when he sold him to the Ishmaelim. And he heard that, and, and he saw that he had heard him, and he wanted to start crying, and he went to the other room, and then he came back. And the second time was also with Binyamin, when he saw his brother Binyamin for the first time, when they came back with him, he also couldn't hold himself back, he cried, he, and, but he turned his head away, he didn't show them. So why over here he didn't hold himself back? So the answer has to be that this was all planned, of course. 
This was planned, and he let himself not hold himself back and cry and confess. He just waited till the Mitzrim left the room, and that's why he said he couldn't hold himself back, and therefore he asked all the Mitzrim to leave. But he obviously controlled himself, which big people are able to do so, and he waited till everyone lift, le- left, and he decided, made a conscious decision, this is the right time for me to tell them who I am. And why is that? So I'd like to suggest that the whole thing, and this is not just me, but I want to add to it, the whole thing was planned because Yosef wanted his brothers to have 100% atonement on their sin for selling him. And as the Rambam tells us, in Hilchus Tshuva, the only way you can do the best tshuva shlema, 100% tshuva on what you did, is when the same situation comes to you, or very similar situation comes again, and you're able to withstand your yetzahara, the evil inclination, and make the right decision, and not perform the sin. Once that happens, that's, that be'etzim reveals that you did do tshuva shlema, and that seals the deal that you're past that sin, and, and you're moving on to better things. And therefore, everything was planned. If you look carefully, I could have added these to the questions list, but I didn't want to overload. If you look carefully, Yosef set the stage that Binyamin will be the favorite one. If you look carefully, without going into all the details, you can look in the parshas. But when they sat down to eat, he gave them more food, a lot more than everyone else. When he gave them money, he gave more money to Binyamin. When he gave them clothing and other stuff, everything was a lot more to Binyamin. Why? The answer is, and why did he decide Dafka to hold Binyamin captive and hide the Gavia Kesef, his the Kiddush cup, the silver Kiddush cup, in Binyamin's bag? Because he had to set up he had to set up a situation where the brothers would be faced with the same dilemma, a very similar dilemma. It had to be Binyamin, because we already know there was favoritism to anyone, to the kids from Rachel, which was only Yosef and Binyamin. Why did they sell Yosef? Because they saw favoritism, as the Gemara tells us, from Yaakov Avinu, that liked Yosef more. He also made him something very unique. He didn't give the others, which is the famous, the, the, the coat he made, the, the colored coat whereas no one else got one. And so too here, Yosef set up the stage to be almost identical to that. Binyamin, the only son, and also Ben Skunim, the only son left from Rachel, seemingly. Then he gave him more clothing, more money, everything. And now, and now who is he taking, trying to say, he's going to be my slave, he's going to stay in Egypt forever? Binyamin. So the brothers could have said, that's who you want to take? Fine. And that's why Yosef says, I'm only taking him, not all of you. Because he wanted to set up this scenario. And the brothers could have easily said, just like we said, we sold Yosef to the, to the, to the Ishmaelim. We could do the same over here. Just leave Binyamin over here. Who needs him? Everyone likes him more. He's getting everything. It's not good for us to have him around. Whatever the Cheshbon is, because obviously, Shivtei Kad, they're on a high level. So, we're not getting into the details what the Cheshbon was, but they had the same opportunity to say, just let him go. Hashem's doing this, just let him go. But no, they fought back. And if you look in the Midrashim, they really fought back. And it could have been a world war over there, especially with Yehuda. The Midrash Tanchumat says that he went, he was screaming, and, and as a result from his scream, Paro fell off his chair, everyone's teeth fell out, all kinds of very, very interesting things, I and Sham. But at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, Yehuda, ironically speaking, the same one that he said and suggested, let's sell Yosef to the Ishmaelim, he is the one that now came up front to Yosef and he said, take me if you take someone instead of him. I'll be the slave instead of him. Once Yosef saw that from Yehuda and from the brothers, that they did tshuva shlima, they reached this point, or as close as they can, then he cheshbend and said, you know what, it is time for me to tell them who I am. And, and now that I'm getting my emotional, I feel like I want to, tell them who I am and I feel like I'm about to cry, I will allow myself to do that. I'll just hold myself back a bit more. That's why it says, until all the Egyptians will leave, I don't want to embarrass anyone. And then I'll show my true inner feelings of how much I love my brothers. And all this was because only now he realized that they did a tshuva shlema. And that's why he only was willing to confront them now and not before, like we asked. And that's why he set up the stage as such. And everything is metuat, and everything makes sense. The only thing I want to add is that over here Yosef orchestrated everything, but as always, the real the, the real entity that orchestrates everything for us is Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to set us situations where we'll be able to do a hundred percent tshuva shlema, and that's why a person should know that any time. We do Averas, which unfortunately we all do at some point, because En Tzadik Ba'at Zeshar Yaseh Tov Chazal tell us there is almost no such thing as a Tzadik, a righteous, even a righteous person that will never have any flaws. No, none of us are perfect. We're not angels, and therefore that is the battle of life, that you keep trying to progress and have our Nekudas Pchira at a different place. But we always fall, and we and that's the difference between the Tzadik and the Rasha. Tzadik always gets up and tries to rectify what he did, and therefore, we should appreciate, even though it's difficult, but when we are faced with the same challenge where we fell previously, we should embrace that and say, thank you, Kaddish for giving us a second chance so we can do Tshuva Shlema like the brothers did. Have a good Shabbos. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. PrismofTorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, PrismofTorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Levas Yono, Yakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Toyf, Isaac Isaac Ben Moshe.